And he cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voice. Converting earthly language into thrust. As you kneel before Azawa, Legend of Zelda's turned to dust. Podcasting from the future like your time was dead and gone. And we rock the best site like ComicsOnline.com. Level 12 cybernetics, vibranium power acts. You communicate with snail mail while we wireless adapt. We are more than easy eyes. We descend to blow your spot. You're a copy of better tech like your name was GoBots. You hoping for iTunes, but little noob, you in the danger zone. We're all the best leaders like Sepenter on his throne. Written by Stan the Man, don't you ever try to serve thee. New guys of this book like we were drawn by Jack Kirby. Hunger like Sinistar, consumer culture, then Galactus. Final Fantasy domination with our super geeky tactics. From the days of Marconi to Buffalo Loud in Best City. You can hear us on every radio, so get it by sea. From leaving tall builders to going off like gamma bombs. Switch your internet browser to comicsonline.com. Spoiler alert, you're listening to the Comics Online Podcast Season 16. This is Episode 1. This was the season premiere, so get ready. Here it comes. This was great, too. What a great way to kick off Season 16. It's Baltimore Comic-Con. Baltimore Comic-Con was September 25th through the 27th. Uh, Kevin and Troy David were both there doing interviews, talking to artists, art, and creators uh, about all of the fantastic things that they've got uh, that they're currently working on or things that are going to be coming up here pretty soon um but we're gonna go ahead and get started we're gonna jump right into this one um you're your hosts kevin goswan and troy david phillips hello again and welcome to the comics online podcast season 16 episode one i'm your host kevin goswan with me today as usual is our co-host troy david phillips howdy howdy of flashback comics and games down in Woodbridge, Virginia, but we're not in Woodbridge today. No. We are here at Baltimore Comic Con, as are, you can see behind us. We are way up here in Yankee territory. Way up here. Yeah. It's it's good to be back in Yankee territory, perhaps. I'm not quite <laughs> so sure. You know, it's a trade off between food and, you know, racism. You, you, you don't know which you like better. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so, here we are. We're going to go and, and we're going to meet a, a, a ton of creators. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Look for us to uh, spend a few minutes trying to talk to John K. Snyder III, John Ostrander, Tim Truman, Matt Wagner, and the list just goes on. There's a lot of people. We're going to go talk with Ron Mars. Yes, we're going to talk to legendary comic writer Ron Mars. Yes, we are. We're going to talk to a lot of people, and I think you should just probably stick around for all of that. Um, Baltimore, unlike San Diego Comic-Con, unlike your Wizard Worlds all across the country, unlike uh, even those uh, events that we cover down in Australia, Baltimore Comic-Con is really about the comics. It's, it's Troy's show. It's the oh, one that yeah. he enjoys all, you know, he, he waits for all year long. All year long. Kevin, did you, you saw the stuff that I picked up. The Captain America 117, first appearance of the Falcon. The Fantastic Four annual number one. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is happening. This is a special day for Troy. You he's, know what else closing, is happening? He's closing up. Yes, I am. You know what else gas. is happening? What's happening? Kevin has a business card down his pants. <laughs> Don't shoot that. It's an accident. It was just an accident. 
Anyway, uh, another thing, another reason why this is a special day to us, not just because Troy is filling up those those very valuable gaps in his Silver Age collection, mm-hmm. but also because this September twenty fifth, twenty fifteen, is Comics Online's fifteenth anniversary. This is where we begin our sixteenth year. So uh, thanks to to all of you who have stuck stuck with us for years, and uh, welcome to those of you who are brand new. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening to or watching the Comics Online podcast, thank you. Really, yes, just indeed. thank you. Uh, we're, we're also sorry. Well, uh, that'll be the second week. Yeah, second week. Yeah, yeah. Then we will be apologizing profusely. Fifteen years All of year sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, join us uh, on, 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 the, on the YouTube. Join us on uh, we're going to be doing our regular audio podcast. It's coming back really, yeah. really this time. Uh, to iTunes and of course uh, on social media, whether it be uh, Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, we're we're there. We're there with you, and and please do uh, f- give us some feedback. What do you like? What do you what do you want to see mo- more of, or maybe even what do you want to see less of? Just let us know, and uh, and and we will be responsive to you. Um, anyway, I think that's it for our intro. Enjoy this our Baltimore Comic Con special. <laughs> My first interview, I'm hyper excited about this, is artist Pete Tepang. Pete, tell yep. the people, it, his art is so fantastic. Tell them, yeah. shut me up, talk about your art. Right. So uh, I basically start off in, in pencil, but now I do a lot of digital artwork of a lot of comic book characters or pop culture stuff. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can, can I pick your book up yeah, and sure. flip through some pages while uh, you're I'll talking? I'll this one, actually. It's more, more of the uh, okay. comic-related uh, stuff. So you there. keep talking, and I'm going to flip some pictures. Okay, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> This is some of the work I've, I've done over the past actually two years in this book. Um, we've got Harley and Quiet. <laughs> Those are Harley, one of my favorite characters. Deadpool is pretty pretty awesome. Yep. How long did that piece take? Uh, actually, that one took me about, I would say, about 14 hours. 14 hours. I couldn't do this in 14 years. Yeah, I've kind of been doing it a while. This is actually just a joke about the whole... Uh, it has hands thing from Discovery Channel or was it National Geographic? So I forget. But the whole mermaid thing. <laughs> All right. As you can tell, I guess Harley's pretty popular today, so I've been trying to do a lot of pieces of her, different kinds. So what's your experience with Baltimore Comic Con? With uh, Baltimore Comic Con? So far, it's a great experience. I mean, I've been here probably about four years, four times I've, I've done this, and uh, it's always had a good time. Met a lot of great people, and uh, just. In general, I had a good time. <laughs> so what I'm hearing, you're selling a lot of art? Uh, today is a little slower, but usually, yes. Um, tomorrow is usually the biggest day. I would say Saturday is uh, the day. Hey, thank you, guys. So, uh, Pete, before we close out, is there anything you're working on now that's kind of special? Anything you want to hype up a little bit? Uh, uh, what's what's on your drawing boards? Not much. I mean, I've been kind of actually busy with a lot of commission work lately, but uh, I did start a Patreon page. If you guys want to check that out. And... Uh, just Patreon slash P Tapang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say say that one more time. Uh, it's Patreon.com slash P T A P A N G. Okay, okay. I'll be checking that out right soon on. as soon as I get home and get on my computer. I'm there. Right on. 
Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Pete Tepang, come into Flashback Comics. I have a lot of his prints yes. gracing my walls, and I obviously have access to this man and his mania. So if there's something you're interested in, check him out. Check out his website. Get in touch with him. Talk about commissioned work. Obviously, he's busy right now, but you know what? He likes to be busy. Right. <laughs> Thanks so much, Pete. Thank this you. is awesome. <laughs> All right, and ladies and gentlemen, this is my second interview for ComicsOnline.com in partnership with Flashback Comics and Games. I am still hyper-mega-excited. I'm going to slow down and take a deep breath and introduce you to Miss Alana Ross. Artist, writer, are you the artist and writer of yep. Sentinel? Okay, then I'm shutting up, and you talk about this awesome comic. <laughs> it follows the main character, Lydia, as she finds allies that will help her defend her world from a monster that wants to destroy it. Okay, I have a quick question. What's the age range of this book? Is it good for all ages? Is it aimed at a higher reading bracket? Is it definitely mature themes? Where does um, this book fall? It's definitely not mature themes. Okay. It's meant for all ages, but sort of something that adults would enjoy more. Okay, so it's all ages friendly, but it's not condescending. Yeah. That's important to know, because when I'm selling your book in my store, I have to know what to tell people. Yeah. See? And I want to sell your book in my store. Can I get some copies? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that you're not available through the Diamond Catalog or anything like that nope. yet. Is that in the works? Um, I think we like publishing on our own. Okay. But... Who knows? Again, thank you, Miss Ross. Thank you for taking yeah. the time. Uh, this has been great. I have a copy of your book, and I would love to have copies of your book in my store. Yeah. Uh, maybe you could make an appearance at Flashback Comics and Games. Maybe? That would uh, that would be sweet. So yeah. look at the camera and smile to the public. Hi. Hi. This is going to be your adoring public. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Stick with us for even more excitement for our anniversary edition, ComicsOnline.com. We are ready right now, ladies and gentlemen. Interview number three for me, still hyper-mega excited. I am with legendary comic artist David Finch. Now, if you're not reading David and Meredith Finch's Wonder Woman, there is something wrong with you. You need to start that right now. Get to your local comic shop, back it up to issue 36, start there, and just keep going forward. Mr. Finch, talk about your projects, please. Uh, well, I've got Wonder Woman. That's, that's really... You know, I, I just did a Batman the Dark Knight, Batman Dark Knight Returns 3. Cover. Yes. I just did one of those, and I'm doing um, Batman and Robin Eternal covers, uh, a few of those coming up, which I'm excited about. I, any, anything with Batman, I'm always I'm always pumped to do. So, And I've got Wonder Woman, which I'm having a great time with. Meredith's writing a great story, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm getting more storytelling influence, I think, in this. You know, than than I've been used to getting, and that's it's pretty gratifying. So it's keeping me very happy. Uh, I'm very excited about the projects you've got coming up, especially that Batman and Robin Eternal. Uh, in my, I work in a comic store in Woodbridge, and I got to tell you, lately I've been moving through a lot of copies of your Moon Knight. Really? Yes, I am blowing through. I probably sold ten copies of the number one issue. I don't think I have any more anymore. Uh, but all the rest of them are just going right out the door. There's something about Moon Knight and your name attached to it. Makes well, people that's excited. Great. That's great. You know, I uh, looking back, I think I think Moon Knight might be my favorite work. You know, if if I had to, if somebody held my feet to the fire and said, you know, yeah, I, I'd love drawing that book. I thought it was a great story. It was just, you know, it was a really dark kind of a you know, fun thing for me to do. 
everything about your Moon Knight was exactly what the character needed. So oh, uh, and so you. that's that's uh, some favorite work of yours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really is for sure. Yeah. Uh, you should time. lobby to do some more of it. <laughs> I think I should. Yeah, I really should. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, I don't want to tie you up for too terribly long, but ladies and gentlemen, if you're here at the Comic Con, swing by and visit Mr. David Finch. Buy some of his prints. Get an autograph. Get a picture with this man. He's a handsome man. I sure am. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, sir, so much. Ladies and gentlemen, interview number four at the Baltimore Comic-Con 2015. Troy David Phillips here, and with me, legendary comic artist Timothy Truman. Legendary. Legendary. Yes, sir, legendary. If you are like me, you've seen his work in Hawkworld. You've seen his work in Scout. You've seen his work in Grimjack, a whole host of other places. And, yeah, I remember Wormwood. I remember that. Uh, So, uh, Mr. Truman, tell the pretty people about yourself. Oh, let's see. I'm just... uh... I don't know what to say. I've been working on Conan for like 11 years, and I'm uh, currently uh, writing uh, Wolves Beyond the Border, King Conan, Wolves Beyond the Border, and doing a lot of illustration work this uh, winter, uh, illustrating a Joe R. Lansdale book, also doing 24 illustrations for a Conan role-playing game. And my son and I are going to be doing Scout Marauder, which is a sequel to my Scout series. So I didn't know that. There's a sequel to Scout coming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is yeah. going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be doing it through a Patreon site. We're actually going to try dis- digital publishing on this. So oh kind of leaping God. into the the modern era here. Yeah, well, well, there's still plenty of interest in your pen and paper work. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Truman is working on a commission sketch right now. I don't want to take up too much of his time. Thanks for talking with us, though. Thank you, guys. And uh, I'm going to keep bringing fans over to you. All right. Do you have those for your Patreon yet? Yeah. It's oh, Truman yeah, Studio, Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Most excellent. Right. Thank you, sir. Thanks to the fans for Comics Online. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am back. This is interview number five for me. Still hyper-mega excited. This time I am with legendary comic artist Matt Wagner. Okay, if you are like me, you're a fan of Matt Wagner from Mage, from Grendel, from Batman, from a whole lot of places. Uh, Mr. Wagner, I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to let you take it away because people are more interested in you than in me. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's great to be back here at the Baltimore Comic Con. It's always a great, uh, great time at this show. It's still uh, one of the few shows in the country that uh, is still focused so much on comics. Yes, um, and uh, and you really feel that here. Uh, uh, lately, I have turned my talents to writing uh, the Spirit, the legendary Will Eisner character. This is its 75th anniversary, and we've just uh, had a relaunch through uh, Dynamite Comics. Um, that's kind of a big challenge because I've worked at a lot of licensed characters in the past, but uh, this is the first one that's so associated with one particular voice and vision. Uh, so it's a big challenge to try and capture that same spirit, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, uh, and honor that legacy, but yet not try and ape that legacy, to try and bring something new to the table and, and portray it in a, a fresh light for new readers. I'm a little curious. The Spirit had a film, of course, uh, yeah. and that film wasn't necessarily well-received. Does that present a challenge for you? I, you know, I'm sure that uh, at least there was a film that uh, uh, alerts younger readers to the, the character. Um, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I know that that film wasn't well received. I never saw it. I just deliberately, deliberately stayed away from it um, because I didn't want to anything to influence my version of it. You know, uh, it won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, of course. You know, anytime you're working with one of these older characters, you got to do something that's uh, hopefully going to interest people. But to my mind, it's just strong stories that do that. You know, uh, if you have a classic character, there's a reason it's a classic. Um, we've set this story back in the past. DC did a run uh, several years ago where they tried to update the character in modern times. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a you know I understood why they did it. I thought it was a valiant effort. But you know, you have these two main characters, both the Spirit and Commissioner Dolan. And they're still running around in 1940s clothes, you know. And I just went ahead and set it in the late 40s, you know. That's it's the character in its heyday. So. Yeah, you know what? That you know, with stories with guys like the Shadow, like the Spirit, like Doc Savage, that works for me. Yeah. And I read a lot of those Dynamite books. I love those characters. Yeah. So I was excited to hear about you and the Spirit together. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'll just add that to my collection with Kamiko Primer number two and Devil by the Deed and so on and so on. And in fact, I'll follow this up with tonight at uh, uh, Jeppy's uh, Comic Art Museum here in Baltimore over at uh, Camden Yards. Uh, there's the beginning of a big exhibition of 75 years, celebrating 75 years of the Spirit. So tonight's the opening. We'll be over there signing books tonight, but then it's up through. Oh, I want to say late October, something like that. Awesome. The and anybody can come see it at that point. Awesome. Well, uh, Mr. Wagner, I don't want to tie you up from your work here. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks for being so awesome. You Thanks bet. for being so passionate. And uh, we will continue to be passionate about your work. Thanks a Won't lot. we? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Troy David Phillips here. I've just done five interviews with five amazing artists, and I am exhausted. And you know what? I'm over here at Yogi Bo, sitting down in their amazing, it looks like a beanbag chair, but this is scientifically sound. It's better than a beanbag chair. It has none of the problems beanbag chairs do. And I am going to take a minute, and oh, I'm going to relax. Uh, can you tell the wonderful people out there in comic book land about this furniture? This wonderful furniture. Right now, what you're sitting on right here is the Max. Um, normally, this this bad boy here at our store is actually made of durable foam, not the uh, memory foam that you're used to hearing. It actually will not retain any heat, will not retain water, mold, mildew. It's actually washing machine approved, so you can take off the sleeve, the cover, which is made of a cotton spandex, uh, put it through the washing machine dryer. It's easy as that. You put it right back. Um, if you have pets, you have animals, if they accidentally have a mishap, this thing, take it off, put it in the washing machine. The inner core, which is made of a spandex, a poly spandex with our beans, just put it in the shower, hoses right out. You just wait for the spandex to dry, which takes about an hour. You got yourself a wonderful bead bag for a piece of furniture. It does everything. You can sit, recline. You can use it as an office chair, a futon. It will mold to your back, even getting that very hard-to-reach lumbar area. He, he is not lying. My lumbar has never been this supported. <laughs> and as I've said, the multiple positions that we can use it for, uh, as we've said, the futon, a bed. If you actually have somebody over who's about seven feet tall, you got that giant coming over from the NBA, not a problem. These things stretch out uh, up to 7.5 feet, so not to worry. I have people who come over. I have one myself. They come. They see it. They think, oh, my God, where am I going to sleep? I don't have a cot. I tell them, you're going to sleep on this. You're going to love it. They look at me funny, but once they sleep on it, they never want to go back to their own mattresses. That's that's something I love to hear. So 
Yeah, I hope you all have been paying attention while I subtly shift because it is just that easy to shift around in this thing. You can find your comfort zone just like that. <laughs> this is amazing. I tell you, the only thing in between this chair and my house is a lack of square footage. <laughs> uh, well, we do want to remind you that it stands up and only takes about three cubic feet. So you, you'd have to have a really stuffed apartment. So I don't want <laughs> to judge, but it really doesn't take that much space if you look at it, just at it. Um, and it comes in a variety of different colors and different sizes. We don't just have the large, this is our max. We have our medium size, our minis. We also have a variety of different assortments that we could bring with it. As we can see in the back, we have somebody who's using our support with our ottoman. Just a combination put together, just so you can see the many different ways that we can use it. Also, we do have a whole living room set completely decked out just for people to view. And I want to know, how, how, how comfortable is that? Oh, this is ridiculously comfortable. This is worthy of profanity. I won't assault you with it, but in my brain, I am thinking dirty, foul thoughts of comfort. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Yogi Bo, uh, tell them what the website is. Tell them where to go to find out about all this. Uh, you can go to our website. Uh, you can find all that information at yogibo.com. And uh, we are located throughout the tri-state area, New England area, and down here in Baltimore as well. We're opening up a store in two weeks at the, uh, the Montgomery store, the mall. Sorry. <laughs> so you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. And you can find us on Facebook. Please check us out. We've got an amazing assortment of variety of furniture out to check out. Yeah, really I'm, going comfortable. To, I'm going to Facebook right now to like these guys. Let me just get my iPhone <laughs> well, thank out you. of my pocket. <laughs> Thanks so much. Once this again, has been thank amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, back to work on my feet. <laughs> and we're back at Baltimore Comic Con 2015. I am here with. Introduce yourself, sir. I'm Justin Pyatt from Super Comic, um, super-comic.com. Okay, so this is this is completely new to me, and I was just kind of blown away walking around looking at various creators, and we, we happened upon these guys uh, uh, hawking Super. Tell us about how the, the origin of Super and, uh, and, and where you're at today. Um, Super started uh, our artist, Zach Dolan. I, I hooked up with him, and he had over 100 uh, Supers. Uh, sketched out, ready to go, and I was like, well, what's this guy's story? And he had, like, really cool ideas, and I, I just was, how do I help you make this real? Uh, so I got involved as a writer helping him, and uh, throughout the last year, we've, we've got five issues out of Super. Yeah. Uh, critically, it did really, really well, and um, it's just been, uh, it's just been on a roll. Like, people, uh, hold on. Yeah, I you know I, I had never heard of this, and uh, I've I've been taken by the artwork and uh, and just kind of leafing through it a little bit. I thought, wow, I've really got to read this, and so there will be a review coming soon to Comics Online. Um, but in the meantime, if you if you happen to be here at, at Baltimore Comic Con, definitely check them out in person. But uh, if you're if you're a little bit late to that, super comic dot com and. Um, uh, you, you you said you've got a, uh, a Kickstarter for your next thing, and that's in a couple of weeks? Yeah, October uh, 4th, the night of October 4th, we're launching the um, the Kickstarter live. We have a live launch event. Okay. Um, today we announced a, a video game that will be part of it. So we've got a video game, we've got a toy, 
Um, we're going to have uh, future issues. What's the toy based on? Uh, the toy will be based on the Furious Fire Ant. Okay. So we already have a toy for our main character, Blitz. So, so now the Fire Ant gets a toy as well. Um, the fire, uh, the Blitz toy was from our last Kickstarter campaign, which was, was pretty successful. All right. So we're, we're really, really excited to um, move forward and get, uh, you know, people have been waiting. It's been about a year since we made, uh, made the trade. And that is a really nice looking trade too. You you guys really went all out to to get a nice hardcover. Yeah, people uh, don't like like when we say we're an independently uh, created book, uh, self published. They think uh, it, we're going to be fifteen pages black and white. Pen, you know, like right, like some sort of zine. Yeah, um, and it's everybody's first book. Is is super um, like the Zach's first book? Yeah, like our, our penciler, our inker. And um, we just knocked it out of the park. And essentially, it's, it's probably going to be like uh, like a preacher. Um, first really? book, first book for almost everyone. Okay. About the same length, like about fifty issues. We'll we'll, we'll end the series conclusively, and that'll be one of the things that separates us from every other superhero comic. Like we, Spider Man and Superman. You, you don't know what the ending's going to be because sure. they're, they're never going to end. Right. Uh, we're getting great reviews on this, and this is just a setup and. Uh, setting up our universe but we're going to nail the ending and it's we're going to roll some heads when we do it nice and you you did mention that you're you've got a, a video game coming out uh tell us a little bit about that video game what's it based on um we have a character called the streak who gets super speed as long as he's naked and streaking like you do <laughs> so um uh i've just been studying uh, the unreal engine and and i'm a workaholic and I thought it was a great, be a great idea to make like a Temple Run style game. All right. Uh, from behind view, a, a lot of uh, man ass, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, but um, it's a Temple Run style game based on the streak where you're running around picking up civilians and you're dodging lasers and, and stuff like that. And it's really cool. We're going to do um, one of the Kickstarter rewards. Yeah, people are going to be able to send their pictures and get into the game like, like we're gonna put their like be like a bystander or something yeah they could be one of the guys who is like knocked out and the streak is rescuing um which i think is the first time i don't know if anyone's ever ever done that as a reward like putting their likeness in a game so we're really really excited for that um and the whole and the whole kickstarter campaign that sounds cool well i look forward to uh to, to doing this review um and uh look for that soon Troy David Phillips here. I am standing in interviewing at the Valiant Entertainment booth. I have the awesome guys from Valiant Comics here, and uh, Kevin Stake had stole pictures of me, making me really nervous. So I'm going to let these guys talk about Valiant Comics. They have a lot of good information to share with you, and I'm going to say something before they start talking. These comics are freaking awesome. Their trade paperbacks have some of the highest trade paperback production values I've seen. Paper they print on, covers, it's all awesome. Guys, talk about Valiant Comics. Shut me up. Sure, Fred. Okay, well, I'm Fred Pierce. I'm the publisher of Valiant Comics. The paper is excellent, but we have the best. Uh, we have we are as good as any editorial, and uh, our editorial and our stories and are as good as anybody in the industry. Uh, and that's really what it's about. We have a great uh, t we have a great pool of talent working for us. We have a great editorial team. Our sales team is second to none in the industry. Our marketing team is the reason that we're talking to you now because they make sure that everybody hears about us. Um, our investors are wonderful. It's <laughs> an interview, not an acceptance speech. <laughs> Adam, Adam, tell them a little bit.
little bit. We're the best reviewed publisher in the business. We are the best reviewed publisher in the business, and we'd like to thank the Academy for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a best reviewed publisher. We, we had we, 20 uh, Harvey nominations this, is, this year. This is why we are all in acceptance speech mode. <laughs> we had the Harvey Awards last night. <laughs> we were the most nominated publisher. We had 20 awards, uh, including best writer, best book, best artist, best collection. But special. Well, there was a special award for presentation. That's Tons right. Tons of great stuff from us. Once again, with the paper production values that comes from uh, our publisher, Fred Pierce. That's uh, that's a that that once again, it, it is. We've been very lucky. We have a lot of really great people who want to work with us, and uh, a lot of really incredible retailer support. I mean, you find ourselves our stuff all over this convention floor and, and, and comic shops everywhere. So. And standing here, we have the guy who always ties for best writer in the industry, Robert Venditti. Rob right Venditti over, over there. there. Oh, that's right. I think he just got called into this interview. <laughs> <laughs> you look pretty. You look pretty. There you go. Oh, oh, here he comes, Get ladies the bag and gentlemen. Off. Here he comes. So, so Robert Venditti writes X Amount of War. So, Robert, tell us about X Amount of War. Okay, for real? For real, for real. Let's do it. Uh, Exo Man of War is a 5th century Visigoth who gets kidnapped by aliens and taken into space. He's held as a slave for a few years, and when he escapes their highly advanced suit of armor, and returns to Earth, it's the modern day. So he's at the same time, you don't have the banner up, he's at the same time the most technologically advanced and the most primitive person on the planet. Mind blown. Yes. But what we do have a banner of yours up. We have The Wrath of the Eternal Warrior. That's your new series that's coming out in November. Tell us about that one, Raw. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> it's an interview. We're just, uh, we just didn't need him. We had a Dinesh. It's, uh, uh, Wrath of the Eternal Warrior. In the Valiant Universe, there's a character called the Eternal Warrior who is a protector of the Earth. And uh, coming out of an event we have right now called Book of Death, there's going to be a major change to the status quo. And that's going to launch into Wrath of the Eternal Warrior. It's going to be a look at immortality in a way that I hope we haven't seen before. Uh, it's going to look at exactly what he has to cost and what he has to sacrifice <laughs> in order to keep coming back and fighting for us and uh, make it a better world. And I've, I've read the first issue. You've turned it in, I've read it, and it, it, is, it is phenomenal. It's the best thing, I think, that we're going to produce all year. Really, honestly. You and Raul Allen. Raul Allen's the artist. He uh, was a studio mate of David Aja. That's right. We liked him so much, we made him exclusive. And he, d he is an, an amazing, amazing artist. He actually, uh, he, he is... You know, helped out at a lot of the other big studios, and we uh, we found him co coming out of David Aja's uh, studio, and he's really, I mean, this guy's to be a superstar, and yeah. this is the this is the book's going to put him on the map, actually. Yeah, I, I've never worked with anybody like him. You know, I, the script that I turned in was a lot of five-panel pages, and if you have an idea for something here, you know, run with it, and the pages would come back with like 11 and 12 panels, and uh, just the way he composes each page as its own unique art piece that tells a story with 22 other art pieces. You know what I mean? Like, it can hang on the wall and you would know the whole story of that page, or you can put it in a book and get a piece of the whole story that way. It's really uh, pretty cool to see him work. It's beautiful stuff. Adam, you liked it so much, you produced a retailer-only promotion. That's right, Wrath of Eternal Warrior White, which we uh, which created for retailers to take a look at. And uh, no, no words, so really the fact that you were signing some of them this week is a little off because, you know, there's I no writing involved. To it, <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, okay. That counts. That counts. It says actually a lot about both, uh, both you and Raul Allen's work that uh, you can look at this book, this 15-page preview book that we gave out to retailers before they had to place their orders. Uh, it's a testament to uh, how incredible what? your work. I, I couldn't. You're, I can't it's hear a, that. It's a what? testament? 
<laughs> to the work of both uh, both Rob and Raul, that uh, you can actually look at this 15-page book and, and completely get the entire, uh, all of the pacing, all of the plot that's going on there without those words. It's really a beautiful piece. Can we just get Adam's shoes in the shot here? <laughs> <laughs> Adam's famous conch These are my conch Adam Freeman, sales manager of Valiant Entertainment. When he puts those on. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how you on. know you're, that's when you know you're and on. if you look at these shoes, these are all of our best sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, uh, Adam is by far the classiest yeah. of the bunch. Ah, uh, yes. shoes only. Yeah, well, hey, I'm, I'm hey. number two. Look at that. I'll take it. I'll yeah, take yeah, it. yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. Well, guys, I, again, I'm a fan of the books. I actually I sell them in the store. I collect them. I read them. I'm a huge Thanks, fan of Exo Man of War and Unity. Those are my two favorites. Uh, I love Rye. I love Ninjak. Uh, I, I love all of the product. It's all so very good. And again, you're inside and out. The writing is top notch. The art talent that you guys have hired is top notch. The value of the book, you know, the paper, the covers, everything. Everything about it says you put a lot of time, attention, attention to the tiny details. And then talking to your marketing staff, you guys are... Who've clearly paid you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True story. Look at my that's wallet. How we, that's how we afford the shoes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, just, I can't praise the stuff enough. I, you know, we're looking Thanks, forward man. to uh, getting through the book of death and seeing what comes into the next year. They're going to be amazing things, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Keep your eye out for Valiant Entertainment. These guys are wonderful. If you have the opportunity, visit them. Uh, can, they, they can do that. Can, can they? Can they visit you in the offices? Yes, yes, yes. In New sure. York City. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you tell go, them go where? To the new, go to the new address, not the old address. Yeah, we haven't quite moved in yet, so maybe give us a little bit, you know. Well, otherwise... it's going to take us a little time to get this podcast up. Oh, perfect. So. Uh, okay, 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 okay. But no, but we do we do office tours. New York Comic Con's coming up. We do. So find us at the New York Comic Con booth. Yeah, we have a sign-up sheet. Baltimore, you can do a office tour. This guy's really loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Adam can be louder. Adam, yell free comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it, do it. Come on. Right, it's amazing. There you go. Free! That was beyond amazing. On that note, thank you all. Thank you very much, Mr. Vendetti and Dinesh. Thanks again. Thank you you very much, sir. Thank Thank you. you. This has been awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, ComicsOnline.com, Valiant Entertainment, Baltimore Comic Con. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, This is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. I am behind the table at Xenoscope Entertainment. If you've been in FlashbackComicsAndGames.com, you know how much I love Xenoscope Entertainment. So right now, I am exploding with excitement. And with me are the lovely people at Xenoscope Entertainment. Step in there. Step in there. And uh, tell everybody about y'all. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, uh, I'm John. I, am, uh, I head up uh, sales and marketing for Xenoscope. This is Jen. Jen is our general manager. As many of you know, we're based out of Philly. We're having a great con here in Baltimore, so uh, thanks for having us. Thank you all. So uh, can you tell people a little bit about what you've got going on here? I see the new calendar. Uh, I see the Grim Fairy Tales hardcover, the Tales of Terror hardcover. You've got a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, what, what, what are, what, what's, what's going here? What's getting people excited? Well, I mean, we have a couple of things that are getting people excited. As you mentioned, the Grim Tales of Terror hardcover is a new anthology that we have. Uh, we have two variant covers, one for the book market, one for the direct market. 
Uh, we're offering both of those here. Um, and people are always excited to come down and get our classics, Robin Hood, Grim Fairy Tales. We have Oz here with us. And one of our newer fan favorite characters, Helsing. Uh, we're getting a lot of response with her, and we've got some big plans for her over the years. So people are excited. So uh, what's, what's going to be the You guys have done a series of events ever since Unleashed and uh, then Realm of Darkness. What's the next big event for Xenoscope, the next thing we should be looking for? I don't know, Jen. What would you say? The next big thing for Xenoscope, what would you characterize Well, that? we're actually continuing Tales of Terror. The first issue will be coming out next month, so that's really exciting. It has been a really great seller for us, and a lot of our fans um, are excited about it because it's bringing it back towards the original Grim Fairy Tales as a horror anthology. Um, we do have a new kids title coming out in April, which we're really excited about as well. And we do have some other uh, new IP that we're producing that would be uh, being released in 2016 as well. But no, uh, no big announcements regarding those as of yet. Uh, that all sounded, I'm sorry, that sounded exciting to me. A kids title, so something all ages friendly. It is all ages friendly, and it's geared towards more of your elementary uh, girl age. So anywhere from maybe like fourth to eighth grade. That is awesome. I always have parents asking me, hey, what's something my little girl can read? What's something I get my girl into comics? She saw Iron Man. She saw Ant-Man. You know, she likes comics. What's good for them? So thanks for offering yeah. that. We actually have a title that's out right now. It's called Family Pets. It's a creator, creator-owned book by Pat Shand, who is writing Robin Hood, and Sarah Dill, who's the artist. And that's getting really well received, too. It actually just came out this month. That is amazing. John, did you yeah. have anything else you wanted to drop on us? Yeah, here? you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because when people, you know, think of Xenoscope, they don't usually think of kids' titles per se. But uh, we do have a division of our company called Silver Dragon Books. Um, and it is all mother-approved content. Uh, we have partnerships with Scholastic. Uh, we have also a partnership with a company called Event Network. We have the license with Discovery for their shark books. Uh, and you'll, you can find us in aquariums and zoos around the country. So we have a whole line of our company that people don't even realize that we do. Yeah, well, they're going to realize it now. I'm going to continue to tell people about Xenoscope Entertainment. Come into the store in Woodbridge, and I will happily throw it in your face, and I will make you read it and see how awesome it is. Uh, thank you both for uh, taking this opportunity and giving me the opportunity. And uh, let's keep enjoying the Baltimore Comic Con, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to ComicsOnline.com, Season 16, Episode 1, or as I like to call it, Season 16, Episode Baltimore Comic Con 2015. I am standing here in Kevin Goswan is filming me, and I am mega excited. I am back here at Devil's Due, and you can't see it, but this is First Comics, ladies and gentlemen. First Comics. I have talked about First Comics in the past. I've talked about The Badger. I've talked about Nexus. I've talked about Dynamo Joe. talked about Grimjack. First Comics is back, and I am mega hyper excited. And with me today at Baltimore 2015 is Mr. Josh Blaylock. Josh is going to talk about what First Comics is doing now. 
So um, I'm actually the founder of Devils Do Entertainment, and we have created a new umbrella company that's merged together. So it's now Devils Do First Comics LLC. And the uh, original co-founder, Ken Levin, is the one who's bringing First back. He was there back in the day when it first started, um, and now uh, he's really been stockpiling new books for about the past three years. So there are over 20 new projects. I always forget the exact number. Graphic novels, new series, and they all have multiple issues done. Like He's waiting until they're done, ready to go, before they advertise them in the stores. So i got to tell you, that is so important because the consumer likes their product to come out on time. They don't want to lose their story threads in their head. They don't want to wonder when is a book actually going to ship. So that's pretty darn impressive. It was a big deal, too. Like He wanted a lot of new stuff. So we we did the – we put this preview book together. This has all the new stuff that's going to be coming out over the next several months, um, both Devils Do and First Products. And one of the the first release of the new new, uh, First 2.0 – was last Wednesday, and it's Public Relations. This is by uh, Annie Wu's doing all the covers uh, from Black Canary. Matt Sturgis, Dave Justice, uh, David Hahn, all from the whole Vertigo Vertigo um, Fables camp and such. So, great book. It's really hilarious. It's really It's been described as The Princess Bride meets Arrested Development. <laughs> that is, you know... And, uh, we actually have that book in my comic store in Woodbridge, Virginia. Cool. Uh, and I picked a copy up, but with the con, I haven't had time to read this week's yeah. comics yet. That's really funny. That's really so raunchy. I think I'm going to move that up to the top of my reading list. Yeah. Uh, it, you were kind of sandwiched in the middle there, but now I'm a little more excited. So I think that's going to gravitate to the top. Yeah. Cream rises to but the top. you probably... Uh are excited for this one. <laughs> oh, I I can't begin so, to describe. Now you were you were this this has got to be the most the one I'm asked about more than like anything. Uh, when I mentioned that we're working with the first, they're like Badger, 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 Badger. Yes, <laughs> um, indeed. That's a Paul Pope cover. That's going to be the incentive. It just and look, it's going to be in February. It looks like what the Badger needs to be. I mean, that's uh, I I love that book. Uh, Mike Barron and originally Jeff Butler, and then much later Stephen Butler. A lot of good artists have been on that yeah. book through its life. Jim Fern's going to be doing the first issue of the new series. I've seen that. That stuff looks great. Yeah, well, and I'm and, uh, I can't wait to see it. So uh, now. On the Devil's Due side, you said you know there's an umbrella company here. So, what can I be looking for on the Devil's Due side of this umbrella? What's uh, what's what's exciting about that? Well, we're uh, continuing with a lot of the series we had success with in the last year, last couple of years. Squarriors is a huge breakout hit. It's basically like Secret of Nim by way of the new Planet of the Apes. It's <laughs> humans have been gone for ten years. We focus on a tribe of warring rod- of rodents that are going to battle with their neighbors, and something has made all the animals get more intelligent. So, the um, well, you guys can get shots of all the books, I guess. Uh, oh, absolutely! Later. But the yeah, the art on that's fantastic. It's, it's created by Ash Masco, Ashley Witter. Uh, Ashley's art is just insane, and it's all every every page is like a painted masterpiece in that thing. But we have uh, my my main series, Mercy Sparks, is continuing. Um, it's actually getting on a much more regular schedule now. She's this devil chick that actually works for Heaven, hunting down their rogue problem angels, and. Lots of stuff. We've got um, a horror series with Tales of Mr. Ree. We've got our superhero book, Solitary. It's a superhero prison drama. And that's one thing that First and Devils do really have in common is the diversity. There's no, I mean, there's no book that's anything like the other. First has got all these great graphic novels coming out from the Philbach brothers, which used to, uh, they used to do stuff for serious comics back in the day. They did stuff for uh, the Clone Wars, for Dark Horse, and make sure to get some shots of uh, 
this one book they have, Captain Freebird. He's uh, he's pos- sort of uh, possessed by the spirit of a ancient shaman, and he has the ability to see like the ghosts of fallen soldiers. But he's also kind of insane, sort of like Badger, and uh, wears this crazy giant red, white, and blue American flag trench coat. <laughs> okay. And uh, the um, Cadaver Dogs is this great like thriller crime drama that turns into a revenge story, given a huge, uh, great review by Charlie Adler from Walking Dead. Yeah. And there's so much stuff I'd literally just be rattling it on. Uh, well. Forever. But gonna, it's, it's going to be staggered out over the next year. Yeah, we're going to get some pictures of all this. We're going to put it up online. I'm going to continue to carry and push your product in my store. And, uh, Josh, thank you for taking You're this welcome. time to talk to me. Thanks for the opportunity to get behind the booth here at Devil's Do First Comics. Thanks, Comics Online. And, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to ComicsOnline.com. I am still Troy David Phillips. I am still at the Baltimore Comic Con 2015. This is still Season 16 episode Baltimore Comic Con 2015. Uh, And I am sitting here at the booth with the guys behind the comic Tainted Love. If you've already come into Flashback Comics and Games, you've already seen me handing out the flyers, handing out the uh, the bumpers, telling people, look for Tainted Love Comics. Well, here it is, and here are the guys. Guys, get on the mics and start chatting. Okay, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you guys at uh, Flashback Comics, because you guys were one of our first early supporters, so we have a lot of love for you guys. And actually, our artist lives in Woodbridge, so that's like his home store. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really excited. We're, we're excited to be here and excited to be on this on this interview with you guys. So what would you like to know? Uh, well, actually, I want all of the fans, I want everybody out there listening, everybody checking out our podcast, everybody coming to our Facebook, our YouTube, etc. Uh, tell them about Tainted Love. Tell them why they need to read this. It's, 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 it's got a horror theme to it. And, you know, we're coming up on October. Horror-themed comics are going to be kind of popular. What is going to sustain their interest in this? And you guys could speak to that better than me. And I love the book. I was just reading it again with coffee this morning. Excellent. Okay. That's your story. I was reading it this morning with coffee. I, I think the first thing that stands right out about the book is, uh, I mean, most of it is all, all hand-painted, watercolor book. The art is phenomenal. Uh, my artist, John Hernandez, who's here too, is, is uh, just incredible. I've known him for most of my life. I, I met him as a kid, and I fell in love with his work when I first saw it. Actually, the first piece of art I ever bought, and I'm a huge art connoisseur, but the first piece of art I ever bought was 14 years old, and it was a piece of art from him. And um, actually, after we graduated school, and he was a couple years older than me, after we graduated school, we lost sight of each other for like 10 years. And, um, and then, weirdly enough, we finally met back up, and the first thing I was able to do was pull out that piece of art I had as a 14-year-old and pull it out for him and show him I still had that piece of art. So I've been a long-time fan of this guy. I love this guy. And so I couldn't be more excited to finally be launching a book that we worked so hard on to put it out there. And so basically what, what the deal with the book is, is it's, it is a vampire comic, as you mentioned. It is a horror flick. But... Uh, the difference is, is it's unlike any other other horror flick in the sense of as far as vampires go, in the sense that it's not a world filled with vampires. It's one couple. It's a man and a woman who's who they live together and they live with a disability, and the disability is vampirism. They were in the in the wrong place at the wrong time, and this happened to them. Um, I'm not saying there's no vampires in the world, but obviously there was something that happened to them. But it's in a modern time like right now where people don't people don't know or believe in vampires. Like, yeah. you know, so it, uh, yet, so. Tell even, me about yeah. Mike, the dead guy in the trunk. Spoiler alert. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, Don't I'm, we all have dead guys in our trunks or uh, closets I, or I guess it's skeletons in the closet. I've been advised not to answer that question. I, 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 I was just curious. 
the characters, as as they were portrayed in the book, the characters all have personalities. It's like they have they have individual voices, and obviously those voices come from the creators. Are these based on people you know, people you've interacted with? I mean, it, how, how how do you get in touch on a personal level with the characters so that it's not just something well, we, happening? To we strangers? knew Mike. <laughs> you don't see my car anyway, so I can put that together. <laughs> no, uh, no, uh, no, they're not. They're not anybody. I mean, I don't know who my. I would. I would say when I when I was first doing an early draft, um, it was almost ten years ago when I was first doing the first drafts of of Tainted Love. Um, I, w- I would say some of the conflict was loosely based on my marriage at the time, um, <laughs> but no, the characters are not not anybody I know. They're not us. I mean, they're, they're, I was trying to make them re- at least relatable, um, but interesting and unique in their own way, and um, and people that you could follow along with and at least at least feel the same kind of plight as they do in the sense that like what it, you know just a normal you know let's say couple that's together that would never hurt anybody you know they normal jobs and you know upstanding citizens pay their taxes and all that jazz right but right. but at the same time like now that you're afflicted in this way you have to kill people you have to do things that are morally objectable and maybe change you in every way you can think of and no matter what you do you have to either live with that or i mean there's no even bailout button i mean if we're being honest I mean, look, and, and there's probably, you know, and there's pro- you know, people, even if they really wanted to kill themselves, that would be, that's a hard thing to do. You have to have a certain constitution to be able to do that. Imagine if you were partially immortal. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it just would, it, it just, there's no bailout. It's like you're living in that, that hell and you can either make it work for you or fight it. But So what you're saying is that there is no happy ending and that this all ends in tears. Well, <laughs> look, I... <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm you know I'm a I'm a red-blooded American. I eat meat, so for me, every time I eat a burger, it's a happy ending. Um, so, uh, I mean, in this case, like, you know, look, after you go through a certain level and stages of grieving, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, when something happens to you, and at first you're, you you know, you mourn it or you reject it or you you know you deny it. You know what I mean? You you, you go through all the disbelief and all that stuff, but at some point you reach a place of acceptance. You know, and if you're going to keep living, you have to learn how to live and accept what you are. And just because they became vampires, and even just because they kill people, doesn't mean they still don't have a mother and father. Doesn't mean they still don't have family. Doesn't mean they still don't have to babysit their niece. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Doesn't mean they still don't have friends at work. You just don't eat your friends. You eat your friends of your friends. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Facebook of friends. Of that, you know. So all you guys out there, please like us on Facebook. Oh, definitely. Because uh, <laughs> we need more friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now you're scaring people. Um, I'm, I'm a little curious. In terms of uh, building your vampires and making them unique, there's so many different takes on vampires, whether we're talking Bram Stoker from the original Dracula novel or Twilight. I mean, how do you find your vampire that is unique to you? My vampire image was kind of murky, so really John brought so much clarity to all of my murkiness. So it would be better if John, yeah, you, John. Answer, you answer what. Yeah, I mean, you have a microphone. I do have a microphone. <laughs> Closer, and I'm sorry. He was um, busy drawing, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what? So Dave kind of gave me a, a big open palette of like how we were going to portray these vampires, and we knew we wanted to make them different than what you've seen out there. Um, the vampires themselves actually do appear in the webcomic, um, and you can see them in their natural state, I guess. Um, so what stands out about them uh, uh, is we added this feature of these glowing eyes. So when they 
that vampirism swells up in them, like that's kind of the trademark, the little, the, like the lighthouse signal that says like it, things are about to get real. Uh, but they don't have like those traditional like Bram Stoker's tropes of like they, they're not afraid of garlic. You can't stake them through the heart. I don't know. Should I give away? Sure, all no, those no, things? please tell them what you. Yeah. Um, well, you yeah. know, and, and some of those and and. I know a lot of people that, you know, they read vampire stories, write vampire stories, and they throw a lot of, you know, they, they throw a lot of this stuff away. And it's like, you do understand that the mythology is tied to something, that, you know, the reason for these vampire vulnerabilities is tied to the fact that they're considered a quasi-elemental creature. And we and don't throw them out. I'll right. be perfectly honest with you. I mean, it's not going to be clearly evident in maybe the first few issues, but it's we really we want this to be an ongoing series. I have plenty and plenty of material to keep going, and uh, and I will deal with those kind of issues. I, I wasn't just trying to pick and choose, if you will, but but I'll just say for for argument's sake, just to clear some things up, uh-huh. they're not demons, um, they're not mystical beings, they're they don't have magical powers, so and they don't have uh, religious iconic problems or any kind of things like that. I would say that their their vampirism is closer to a disease. Even though I don't want to call it that. It's, it's not that clear, cut, and dry, and I don't really want to give it away yet. But right, right. I think when you start to see it, and I'm not saying, honestly, that there are no demon vampires in this world. I'm not trying to rule anything out. I guess I'm saying I will address it. But Yeah, and, and that's, uh, I, I was know. trying to lead you to that point where, yeah. you know, you could, again, what makes your characters unique? I think what's important about Tainted Love is for people to realize that it is a unique something. You know, sure, it has a romance, it has a family drama, but that family, like you pointed out, well, it's a man and a wife and they're vampires. And that changes the dynamic. But they're not automatically rich. They don't they haven't lived for 400 years. They've been a right. vampire for like a month or like, well, not a month. We don't mean like let's say let's say 6 they're months. They're figuring let's themselves just say, out. Throw a number out. Like let's say 6 months. And you know, and the thing is they still have to they still have to pay for rent. Yeah. They still have to they still have to you know, upkeep their normal lives. Well, you know, when they were when they were having the dialogue about you know the ex boyfriends and ex girlfriends, you know, who who did you sleep with before? That that whole real conversation resonated with me. Yeah, and had repercussions too. Yeah, yeah. It's a very naturalistic approach. I mean, we're trying to like it's about their lives more than about their their affliction and their their vampirism. Yeah, and and that's yeah again that's that's important. People need to go to. I'm, I'm looking for uh, your uh, www.taintedlovecomic.com. If you haven't gone there, you need to go there. I've been telling people that in the store, but I'm going to say it on the audio cast. Again, that's www.taintedlovecomic, all one word, .com. You need to go and you need to look at this stuff. It's, it's eye-poppingly great. Or you could definitely check out my, my artist's work at c5studio.com. Um, and there's lots of links to go back and forth and all that stuff, but... Um, yeah, the work is amazing all by itself, just his, his art. So what I'm curious, and we, we first really met you at uh, Free Comic Book Day down at Flashback Comics yeah, it was great. six months ago, and, and you both kind of made the, the, the comment that you hadn't really done anything and that maybe this was going to be the catalyst to really get you moving. And here we are six months later, and you've got your first print. Yep. So what's the journey been like over the last six months? Uh <laughs> well, we were at that free comic book day selling these fundraising posters, and those people that came and supported us, they're in the back of that first issue. That They came out, their, their funds, those posters went right to our book. And, you know, yeah, we, pretty we much the first 100 promise. people made this possible. So because we sold a lot of the posters at your store and, uh, like, a couple other places, like some friends and family and other people that came out, 
um, made it possible to, to do it. Thanks to yeah. everybody who, who came out. And, and so we sold we sold about 150-ish of those posters mm -hmm. out of the 250. They're limited out of 250. Then we do uh, the online campaign. But people, if they go online and they and they buy them, they're like you know 15 bucks roughly uh, for the posters to support us. Mm -hmm. Their names are going to go in print in our book, and not only in the back of the issues, but uh, once we we print the trades and the hardcovers, we're going to reprint all 250 names of the people who supported us. Put them in the back of the book. Yeah, but in answer to your question earlier, um, I mentioned that I, I based this loosely on my marriage. So, like, you know, what one of the things was, you know, I'm laying in bed, looking up the ceiling, thinking, you know, what would I do if my wife was a vampire? What would I, how would I, you know, because, you know, she has to eat at certain times or she gets really cranky. You know, we, we have certain needs that we'd have to meet. What if we had to stay indoors and we couldn't go out during the day? God, that would make life so difficult, you know, because we still would have to have a job. And yet... Let's say we killed somebody in the street. What kind of money are they going to have on? What, five bucks and some credit cards? What if I killed them in their house? What am I going to do, pawn their TV? I mean, like, no, you kind of have to still have a regular job. You still have to pay the bills. Like, it just, it, it became this, like, this conundrum that the more I thought about it, the more problematic it became and the more sort of interesting it became to me to write about. And um, out of that, you know, whirlwind came, I guess, you know, this you know, the complications that are Daniel and Sarah's life. So uh, now, how far ahead have you guys thought about this? I mean, you're going to be publishing this for the next 20 years. Uh, you know, are you okay. Gonna, or, or are you going to take the Dave Sim approach, you know, 300 issues and then it's done? Or So I would say right now I have an end game that could go somewhere between, you know, 35, 40 issues and maybe around the 75 issue range. Um, you know, one end game that I would be comfortable with if I just wanted to tighten it up but I also could, you know, some other little side things I could do to go longer. That being said, um, I have lots of other stories in this world I could tell or other things I would want to do. But, I mean, very specifically, Daniel and Sarah's story in the thing that you will see that's starting to be set up and built, it does have, a, I would say, a beginning, middle, and end for this series. But it would be an ongoing series of sorts. Like I said, we could go, you know. And who knows? You know, once you, once you start going 30 and 40 issues into a comic, it is my first comic book. Right, right. So... I'm, it's a little pretentious for me to say that at first because what I'm saying is, is that I, I say I could go 70 issues, but what happens, you know, 35 issues in when all of a sudden other things start to become clear and other ideas pop up? I don't know. Maybe I could go 150 issues. Maybe I could. I don't, I don't know how many issues, I guess, in honesty. But right now on paper, I have scripted out. Well, the, all the first arc, seven issues are done. Um, the first roughly three issues are finished. Uh, four and five are being worked on. Six and seven are already in the, you know, the, uh, they're in the thumbnail type stages. And, um, and I have scripted out the ideas for at least four or five arcs forward. Now, and, and I, I, I want to compliment the both of you on, on one thing, your persistence and your hard work. What you've put into this book is a market quality. It's obviously very well written. It's obviously beautifully illustrated. So you're not just putting out some cheap, crappy piece of crap. And that's oh, yeah. important to me as a collector. I want my comics to be good. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to take it home. I'm going to read it. I'm going to put it in a bag and board. Six months later, I'm going to take it out because I have a wild hair and I want to read it again. So it has to be good. And this is good. Oh, yeah. First issue. This I appreciate is good. that, brother. Yeah. So if you could each come up with one piece of advice for someone in your respective fields, somebody aspires to be you. Someone wants to be where you guys are. If you could tell them one thing that you thought would help them out, what would it be? Don't quit. Don't ever stop. Like, everyone in the world will tell you that you'll never make it. And you're always going to have critics and haters. But if you don't believe in your book, no one else will. And that's what gets you through it. I would say probably quit. Quit while you're ahead. Get out <laughs> as soon as possible. Actually, no, I, I would think mine is 
um, as a quitter is to side yourself with somebody who doesn't quit and can drag you the rest of the way when you quit. <laughs> so, yeah. Find a guy like this guy and never let him go. When you're 14 years old and you see him, even that far back, grab him and don't let him go yeah, anywhere. So find a young artist by their <laughs> art, I think is the moral of the story. And then make him an art slave yeah. into your and meeting. just keep reminding him, buy pieces of art that you promise that you'll never show anyone, and then he's obligated to keep working with you, or else these pieces of art may show up someplace. You know, yeah, so if anybody's anyway, still here, here at the show life. today, I did bring some of the originals advice. from 94. <laughs> if anybody wants to see, <laughs> see a pic, I'm more than happy to show them. Well, well guys, uh, before we wrap up, I just want to say one more time. So uh, Facebook, c5studio.art. Uh, that's your Facebook. Uh, where, where else are you? Twitter, Twitter Instagram? Studio, yep. Instagram, c5ig. Yep, that's all of ours. And we do respond back. If you talk to us... We will talk back. Oh, yeah, uh, they will. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, if you speak, you will be spoken to. There you go. <laughs> Read the book. Let us know what you think of it. I already did. Hmm? <laughs> oh, you mean everybody else. else? He already told you, too, so I don't know what we're waiting for. <laughs> so, uh, and obviously, I did read it, right? I mean, you yeah, know, yes. come on, come on. So, uh, yeah, hey, guys, thanks so very much uh, from us at Flashback Comics and Games and at ComicsOnline.com. Uh, and uh, we're going to be telling everybody about you. And this is going to go up, and I hope you guys are having a wonderful, successful time at the Baltimore Comic-Con. We absolutely are. And you know we love you, brother, because you you guys are our first comic book store to carry our comic. I just want to go on record as saying Flashback Comics is the first. And hopefully we won't be the last. No. We're going global. Not at all. We've had a pretty good success at the show, and other stores have already chimed in. We We actually, at this point, have about 10 to 12 stores in the D.C., you know, well, DMV area that want to carry it. Yeah. Stores in Baltimore, stores here, but you know, we'll post them all up. But definitely, if you guys want the comic book, head on over to Flashback Comics and pick it up. That's the best place to get it. Oh, thank you. That's the place I'm going to be standing over there to buy it. So (laughs) that's where I'm buying it from. And if you want it signed, I'll be standing over there buying a copy. So if you catch me, I'll I'll sign yours too. Yeah, this guy carries the soul. I'll sign his. He'll sign mine. Well, again, guys, thanks so very much. The sound you're hearing over the mic is the slapping of hands as we shake. Thanks for joining us, and uh, stay tuned. Jump around our links. Look for all of our other awesome interviews and the fun we're having at Baltimore Comic-Con 2015. All right, guys, that was episode one of season 16. That was our season premiere at the Baltimore Comic-Con. You got to hear some great interviews by Kevin and uh, by Troy with uh, some amazing creators there. So definitely check their uh, their stuff out. Look on their website. Uh, go into Flashback. Flashback Comics and Games in beautiful scenic Woodbridge, Virginia. Uh, to pick up some of that stuff because Troy does carry a lot of those books and a lot of their products uh, that they were discussing. I don't think they're going to have the uh, Yogi Bo um, ridiculously large beanbag style chairs that he was sitting in. But um, there are places that you can uh, pick those up, as he was saying, in the Montgomery Mall, which isn't too far, a few hours north, uh, if you ever want to go pick one of those up. But that was a great way to start the season. Uh, We're kind of doing this out of order, though, because if you guys have been listening to us, you already got to hear uh, episode two, and you got to hear the uh, top five uh, for episode two and for episode three. But um, that was a great way to kick things off. Always exciting, always fun uh, going to the cons. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, and wrap things up. Giant or boobs. Swag a thousand times. Swag Disclaimer. Thousand times. Swag the opinions expressed in this podcast swag, may not swag, represent those swag, of Comics swag, Online, swag, any participants, or, boobs, or any employers, swag, past, swag, present, or future. Swag, if you would have thought otherwise without hearing this disclaimer, maybe you're not ready for this whole internet thing, much less Troy's dirty, foul words of comfort for Yogi Bo. 
Or maybe instead, one of our smart and sexy fans who appreciates foul language, biting sarcasm, and everything geek pop culture. If you have comments or questions for the Comics Online podcasters, post on our Facebook page, tweet us on Twitter, or email us at podcasts at comicsonline.com. Please visit Troy David on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and in person at Flashback Comics and Games in Woodbridge, Virginia. Also, as a reminder, my name is Mike Lunsford. I am the editor-in-chief, when I'm not doing this Comics Online thing, I'm the editor-in-chief of GGR. That is the Great Geek Refuge, www.greatgeekrefuge.com. As they say on Comics Online, they're everything geek pop culture for everything else. Sports, music, uh, nostalgia, all of that stuff. We've got it all at GGR. All material in this podcast is copyright Comics Online. Swag. Swag. Swag a thousand times over. Giant boobs, swag a thousand times over. Giant boobs, swag, swag, swag a thousand times over. From leaking tall builders to going off like gamma bombs. Switch your internet browser to comicsonline.com.